Welcome to the special episode. We've titled this episode the Ask the Pastor episode. And since I am the pastor, I did not want to do this episode all by myself. With this being a special episode, we've got a special guest. How about that adjective? Special Take that however you want. <laughs> there you go, and that's coming from Franklin Witter. Franklin, um, can we get to know you just a little bit? Sure. How long have you been here at Raleigh Road? Uh, 23 years. 23 years? Mm-hmm. Outstanding. And let's see, in those 23 years, we just officially a few weeks ago did something uniquely different than the previous 22 years. Yes, we did. And you are now our Interim Director of Worship Ministries. That's correct. And so we tried to find the longest title that we could find to put on that. Um, any? Can you summarize what you're doing in 10 words or less? Organizing all things worship ministry, from the slides to the band and uh, really trying to coordinate with you to make sure our worship services go smoothly. That was way more than 10 words. Yeah, you sound more like a preacher than a, than a musician yeah. and using so many words. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 23 years here at Raleigh Road, and your family is here as well. So just so anyone that is listening that may not know you, mm-hmm. can you speak to who your family is? Sure. So uh, there's my wife, Crystal. Uh, I'm most often known as Crystal's husband. Uh, everybody <laughs> knows and loves my wife. She is fantastic. Um, been married uh, 33 years uh, to uh-huh. Crystal. So, And then we've got our daughter, uh, Faith, who's 24 years old. Um, she is uh, currently enrolled at Southeastern Seminary mm-hmm. in the uh, MDiv uh, Missiology program, so planning to go to the uh, mission field after graduation. Awesome. And then Andrew um, is our son. He's our youngest, uh, 17 years old, senior in high school, getting ready to head off to Montreat College this fall. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to miss. Um, well, you said Andrew. Yeah. We, we all know him Drew. as Drew. Yeah. Everybody knows him as Drew. Hard, hard to miss Faith and Drew around here. This is true. Uh, you just either look for the blue hair or the guy that's standing <laughs> above the crowd. <laughs> That's right. We just had a conversation with uh, with Faith and Drew about their hair the other day, so it, that was good. Yes. All right, so, Franklin, you're here. You're going to guide us through, <clears throat> because obviously these questions have come in, and we've got mm-hmm. two questions that we're mm-hmm. going to answer. Okay. And so, you journey us through. Do we need to set ground rules before uh, we get started? No. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess that we'd probably even just say the ground rules is that there are no ground rules. Uh, That's dangerous for me. Okay, well, I know we have two questions. Let's go for it. All right, well, here we go. First question comes in the form of an email. It's, hey, Pastor Tyler, I want to submit a question for the podcast, and my question is in regard to the crowns that we earn for our good works. Someone in a Bible study in a nearby local church was presented with the idea that our good works earn us a crown in heaven. And the more good works we do, the bigger the reward, the more jewels in our crown. The message seemed to contradict what we believe about our salvation and that the first will be last and the last will be first. Tried to investigate some of my own, haven't come to a conclusion that I feel good about. Lots of conversations with others about it, but I hope to get some clarification so I can share with folks in the other Bible study group Uh, what the Bible says about this. So what's your take on this? What parts of the concept are biblical? What's scripture telling us here? Wow. Okay, Franklin, what do you think? (laughs) Gee, thanks. (laughs) I'm just here to ask the questions, Tyler, Uh, uh, and put you on the spot to answer them. That sounds like somebody needed a scapegoat there. (laughs) 
well, I th- first of all, I think it's a great question. And l- let me just say, before we start diving into some of the details, it- it's it's an odd and hard question, w- which is all good, but I preface with this preface first. We're talking about the eternals. So we're talking heaven, new Jerusalem, new earth, all things yet to come that no one to this point has ever experienced. So as much as we can speak to some things that we know are biblical, there's a lot here that we're going to kind of get into the world of speculation. Mm. Okay, so there's my scapegoat for what may come. Well, uh, let's begin answering this question. How do we think through the crowns? How do we think through good works? How do we think through even the rewards and, and how it all plays into that aspect of humility that is Christianity? Well, first of all, the, the crowns, the rewards, the good works, these are all biblical details. Um, actually, in this person's email, they mentioned that in some of the research, they had found that there were five crowns, specific crowns mentioned in Scripture. And that's correct. That's what I've always really been taught as well. There's the crown of rejoicing. There's the crown of righteousness. There's the imperishable crown. There's the crown of glory, the crown of life. And if you're trying to take notes, I'm about to give you a lot of scripture on this. Just suffice to say that this is in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 9, 1 Thessalonians 2, 2 Timothy 4, 1 Peter 4, Revelation 2, James 1. And that's not a comprehensive list. So this is all biblical. Now, just a quick clarification. Those are five distinct crowns, or, or, or are those different names for the same crown? Oh, I don't know. All right. Fair enough. And I say that because of what I'm going to be saying in a few minutes. Actually, let's just go ahead and get there. Okay. When the word crown is used, I think, Franklin, even what your question is asking, and, and a part of a, the answer we need to deal with for this ask the pastor question is, do we look at the crowns as being literal Mm. or metaphorical? Are they a symbol for something? Mm -hmm. Okay, so when I ask that question, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I think there could be both, right? Uh, You certainly, you see, especially in like the Revelation passages, the one I'm, I'm most familiar with, I was just reading it this week, um, where the, the 24 elders throw their crowns down before mm. the lamb and worship him. I mean, I think yep. John saw them throwing literal crowns down. Yeah. Um, but it, it could also be a metaphor, though, for the rewards of, of heaven yeah. um, and, and for the, the glory that, that we receive when we're, when we're transformed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of lean that way as well. I, I think there is a literalness to these crowns mm. and even the jewels. I think this is a way that there is an actual physical kind of manifestation of Christ's blessing, somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. Not so sure I understand every detail to that, but I think there's a literalness to it. Mm. I also think there's a metaphorical aspect to this. And what I mean by that is the, the use of crowns all the way through Scripture— 
seems to be, maybe always, it's a little dangerous to say always, <laughs> but seems to be mostly, if not always, connected to rulership mm-hmm. and reigning. Mm-hmm. A king wears his crown mm-hmm. because he's in the position of authority and he reigns and rules a kingdom. Right. And the Bible speaks of us being joint heirs with Christ in his kingship. And yes. So, yeah, yeah. Yes. And if you go back and look that in, in specifically those first few chapters of Genesis, from the Adam and Eve time in the garden to post-sin, out of the garden now in the real world, if you will, mm-hmm. the sin-infested world, there's a difference in the reigning and the rulership. Mm. See, in the garden, they had dominion over the animals. Right. They had a they had a ruling aspect to them as being created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. But then post sin, and the the control is gone. And so you have this crown figure that's used throughout Scripture to represent this reigning and ruling. And, and frankly, as you say. There, there is this promise in Christ. This is what we know for sure, that in Christ, when the gospel saves, when the Holy Spirit comes, part of our inheritance that we are promised is to be a joint heir, meaning in, in application, we will reign with Christ. Mm-hmm. Not yet, this is the beauty of the kingdom of God. The tension. <laughs> the tension of the already not yet. But when Christ returns, he will establish his kingdom. Mm. And he'll establish his throne in that kingdom. New earth, new heaven, new Jerusalem. And we will be a part of reigning and ruling. Mm. So I think there's a literalness. I think there's a metaphorical aspect to this. All right, so let's dig a little deeper. We know from Scripture there will be two judgments that we will all experience. Mm -hmm. Believers and non-believers will experience two judgments. The first one is whether you're in or not. Lamb's Book of Life. That's right. Great white throne. Mm-hmm. Are you a believer or are you not? And ultimately what God's looking for is, are you justified in Christ? Okay? There's judgment number one. Judgment number two, again, for all believers and non-believers, mm-hmm. is the judgment of works. For believers, the account that we'll give for our lives. Mm-hmm. So let's think about that through me. I'm a pastor. I'll be judged according to how I shepherd the people mm-hmm. and what I did to increase the maturity of the people. Yep. I'll be judged on those things. Yep. And, and just for encouragement's sake, Pastor, you're judged to a higher standard. Yeah, I appreciate that, Frank. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just a reminder. <laughs> yeah, just in case there's not enough pressure on me already. Um, I think in Ephesians 5, it talks about that, that uh, Christ-church relationship with a husband and wife. 
Well, I think Paul's pretty clear. I, as a husband, am going to be judged on how how I present my wife to Jesus mm-hmm. one day. Mm-hmm. So, Jessica, if you're listening, you, you know, help me out here a little bit, right? <laughs> Same ask of Crystal. Yeah. Help. <laughs> you know, and I think there's just so many other applications to that. But no mm-hmm. doubt, that's called the Bema seat, mm-hmm. the, the judgment of works. And, and I think in Malachi 3, I preached on Malachi not too long ago, there's a reference to a book of remembrance. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the book of life. Names right. are getting written down. Right. What about a book that keeps record of our lives? Ooh. And you think the internet has a lot of information. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I think it's fair if you're thinking about all of that, this is that's coming. It will happen. Mm. Now, is part of the question being asked, then what's our motivation for good works now? Mm-hmm. I, I think that, that is a, the, the seed of the question that's being asked. Is, like, is, is the reason that this is, is the reason this is listed in the Bible or this is spoken of in the Bible, is it to motivate us to good works? Is that part mm-hmm. of the drive? You know, another way of thinking about it is, you know, should we be striving for a bigger crown? You know, mm-hmm. Or a, a mansion on a better corner of heaven. <laughs> um, you know what, what? What's the motivation? Yeah, that's like almost an American version of Christianity. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, um, not to play the middle ground here, but it, there may be a yes and no to this one as well. Mm-hmm. Y- yes, is it is it wrong to be motivated by eternal rewards? I don't, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. However. If it's your only motivation, mm. the eternal rewards, I think we have a problem here. Mm. What I find in Scripture is that good works, which is very biblical, Ephesians 2, we've been created, we are God's workmanship to do good works. Mm-hmm. Hebrews 10, we don't neglect the gathering because, this is the part of Ephesians 10 often left out, we don't neglect gathering together because we are to stir up good works in one another. Right. Good works and a pure heart should never be separated. Mm -hmm. And if one has a pure heart, I'm talking about a regenerate heart, saved by Jesus desires the things of Jesus. And the only motivation is eternal rewards. I think we got a problem here. Mm. Well, I mean, you look the the motivation of, of Jesus himself, right? In mm. in the garden where he's praying um, the hours before his his death. And and he prays, Lord, not my will, but your will. It, it was a setting aside of, of our desires for the for or his desires for the sake of the kingdom of God. And that that's the motivation for us too, right? Is it that yeah. it's not for the reward that we're gonna receive, but it is purely for the advancement of, of God's kingdom and, yeah. and for his glory. Um, and then the rewards are somewhat secondary yeah. uh, to that motivation. Wow. 
you know, in, in just then thinking through all these details, th- this is where the humility part comes back into play. If mm-hmm. one is solely motivated for the eternal rewards, mm-hmm. humility begins to be questioned. Mm. Because to be solely motivated for eternal rewards breeds self-righteousness. Mm. And so to remain humble... Last shall be first, first shall be last. Mm-hmm. To remain humble would be to pursue good works from a pure heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got promise after promise in the Old Testament and the New Testament that we're, we get a new heart, a mm-hmm. redeemed heart. Mm-hmm. And that is what motivates us to do good works. Yep, absolutely. Hmm. Um, I don't think we've exhausted this topic, but but have we answered the question or at least stirred more questions from our thinking through this? Well, I think I think we've handled the the question as it was asked. I mean, certainly this this is a broad topic. And like you said, I, I think that the thing it drives us back to is, is and the question we should all be thinking about is, what really motivates us, right? Why do we do the things that we do? Um, and, and are we motivated solely for the purposes of the kingdom or not? Like, that's a heavy question. Mm. Um, and, and I mean, sadly, I can't answer that in the affirmative every day, right? But that that's that's certainly the bar, though, that, that yeah. Jesus has set, that we, we, we strive for, for the sake of the kingdom and not for our own glory. Yeah. Here or in eternity. Wow. Yeah, maybe we better not go down that route. This this episode may turn into confession podcast more than anything else. <laughs> um, hey, let me give real quick a, um, a plug for Randy Alcorn's book. Um, it's titled Heaven. And when I was speaking earlier about the things that we know for certain that are biblical, but then you kind of get into the speculation, I love Randy Alcorn's book because he takes the biblical and he speculates. Now, if if he were here, he probably would not say it that way. He'd probably say, this is what it is, and that's okay. But I just think it speculates more than anything else, but I find it to be a fascinating speculation. Those are my terms. Uh, so if you're interested in the, the details of heaven, and there's lots. I mean, this is a thick book, but it's a great resource. Randy Alcorn's book titled Heaven. All right, Franklin, we've got one more question. One more. All right. So there there is rumor within Raleigh Road of a secret society. <laughs> <laughs> Known as the Ministry Institute. What is this wonderful and mystical place? What's it about? Is it required for people in the church? Uh, what can you tell us about this? Man, the secret society. That's funny. I've been in churches where it seems like they're secret societies. It's almost like deacon's ministry. There was one church that I was pastoring in. And, I mean, I was not allowed to be in the room when they chose the next deacon chairman. <laughs> I mean, it felt like choosing a hope, you know, go outside, wait for the, white smoke. Wait for the smoke to come, yeah, 
Secret Society. I never knew what happened. I don't. I don't know. Secret Society. No, Ministry Institute is not a secret society, um, but it could look that way. Uh, there's only ten or eleven people that go through Ministry Institute at a time, and that's very much on purpose. Um, Ministry Institute is broadly a class on ecclesiology. And Franklin, the definition of ecclesiology is? Oh, man. It's like all things how the church operates. It's yeah. The, there's the layman definition. You'll give a better one. There you go. There you go. It's, it's, it's practically what does a healthy church look like and what does a healthy church do? So um, here's just some. I'll talk about some topics in a second, but just a brief overview we start around September. Franklin, you've been... I've been through it. Yep. You've been through it. So if I miss anything, if you think of anything, add, add to it. We start in September. We go through May. Mm-hmm. I've got a syllabus mm-hmm. with different tracks. Right. So we've got a church leader track, and we've got a an elder track, a pastor elder track. Mm-hmm. Um, there are 16 meetings. We meet twice a month. And the meetings are two hours in length. We study First Timothy in detail, mm-hmm. and we have a topic. Um, I'll give some examples, but real quick about the class. There's papers that you write. There's ministry projects that you do. Uh, for the elder track, you, you preach a sermon, maybe your first sermon ever. Um, there's different books that are read between the two tracks. There's There were about... Five or six books, I think, that were on the syllabus. So yeah, yeah, and even some other suggested readings. Yep. And there is there's a syllabus with reading. So it, it, it Franklin, speak to it. Is it a? It's it's a lot. It it's intense. Um, yeah. it, but it it's a good intense, right? It's like, mm-hmm. and and we meet we met for two hours, and like you get to the end of two hours every week, and you're like, no, no, no really keep going. <laughs> this is, it's, it's really good. I mean, if it weren't for, you know, carpal tunnel setting in from all the note taking <laughs> that happens, um, we could, we could probably go three hours easily. Um, but it really is, it's a great and in, intense look at, you know, how does the church, fun- how, how is the church supposed to function really yeah. at, at the heart of it? Uh, but then also some really good, just in-depth um, Bible study that goes along with it. Like the class that I went through, I think we went through First and Second Timothy mm. um, over the course of the year, and mm. uh, that was that was in-depth. It was good. Yeah. Well, and and I would hope that everybody at Raleigh Road, or even people outside of Raleigh Road, would participate. And some mm. people have asked, why don't you just do this on a Wednesday night for everybody? Mm. Well, the small group matters. Mm-hmm. We really dig. Mm-hmm. And so there's lots of opportunity for questions. There's lots of opportunity for debate and arguing. And, yeah. and I say that in a very healthy way. Yeah. You, throw, you threw some zingers out into the room from time to time. You, you would bring some very uh, interesting, you would phrase some topics in very interesting ways to spur conversation. No. Uh, yeah. Do I do that? Stirring the pot, I think, is the technical term. I think it's a spiritual gift somewhere yeah. uh, listed. It's in 1 Corinthians 18. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so a few topics, just to give people an idea who have not ever been through Ministry Institute, and maybe you're interested in it. We talk about church membership, and that's a big one. Here's a question that I ask, and we really dive into. Is church membership biblical? 
Because I don't think in scriptures you're going to find church and member together. Right. You're not going to find the words of a church covenant in there. Mm-hmm. All, all those things, we've got to unpack those. All right, so we deal with uh, church ordinances. I'm talking baptism and the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. And that's where the position papers get written. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that's controversial. Mm-hmm. Because I expose people to more views than maybe they knew that were out there. And people walk away having greater thought process. And it makes the ordinances that much more sweet. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talk about business meetings a little bit. Like, why in the world do we do business meetings? What is it that we should be doing in business meetings? Uh, We spend a lot of time talking about the corporate gathering. What songs are selected the style of preaching. I mean, we spend a whole class just talking about preaching. And, and, and here's, here's why. I've, all, I've asked this question to myself, and I think others should ask it. Does Scripture give a prescribed method to how preaching should be done? Ooh, yeah. And if you want to know the answer, sign up for the next Ministry Institute mm-hmm. class. Uh, well, we talk preaching, the reading of Scripture, just all kinds of different details of the gathering. We talk biblical missions. We talk biblical discipleship. You talk about those uh, those zingers. Here's one regarding biblical discipleship. Churches often are too dependent on ministries and programs. Mm-hmm. We talked a lot about that. Yeah. Yeah. And how biblical discipleship is more organic and more fluid. Mm-hmm. And that's all you're getting. That's the teaser for Ministry Institute Biblical Discipleship. I got to give a warning, though. I think it's a warning. Franklin, help me out with this. Mm-hmm. You speak to your side of this, your perspective. I walk into the classroom, and it is a classroom. Mm-hmm. We've, can, we've partnered with Southeastern. If somebody wants credit, they can get credit through this. Mm. I walk into the cr- a classroom, and you've signed an agreement. You've committed to saying, this is how I'm going to come into the classroom myself. And I know I walk in as the pastor, but I maybe conduct myself a bit differently in Ministry Institute than I would in other settings. Mm-hmm. And not saying I'm mean or harsh, I don't think, but... No, I but really push back. You, you you challenge thinking. Yes, and you and like I mentioned earlier, like you you often would come in with a position you didn't necessarily agree with. Oh yes, but you would present it as if you did, <laughs> just to see if anybody would dive in on it and start. And, and, and but then you you wouldn't allow us just to have simple answers to things either. Though we had to go back to scripture. Right. We had to go and and. We learned to make really good use of the thousand-plus-page systematic theology <laughs> book that we were reading uh, to, to dig in and help find answers and, and, and answers from Scripture into the, the things you were pushing us toward. But it was a different side of you. Um, it, it was more of, I would say, if, like if Sunday morning was 80% preacher, 20% teacher, mm. it's more... 95% teacher, 5% preacher in uh, Ministry Institute, <laughs> that, that teacher side of you really comes out. And it's good, though. Um, the thing that I, um, 
people who were, I was in class with, we still talk about the First Timothy study. Like mm. there were weeks where we would spend an hour on one or two verses of First Timothy because you would just start unpacking it, and mm. we're like, "Holy cow!" I didn't realize how much we've just glossed over in this one verse. And yeah. so again, we get to see a very different side things yeah. that you really you couldn't necessarily do on a Sunday morning. No, um, no. so. It's been very good. So, again, I, I, I offer all that as an encouragement to those that are listening. Sign up and be a part of this. It really is worth the time that you're going to put into it. And I would say we're, we're about to finish year three, class three, and I'm, I'm looking back. Many of the, the things occurring at Raleigh Road have been birthed from Ministry Institute participants. Mm-hmm. And ministry projects. Yep. Well, Sunday morning greeting. Um, that was yes. birthed out of Daphne Newborn's uh, project yep. uh, from a couple of years ago. Uh, Crystal and I are leading Recovery Alive classes right, right. now. That was my ministry institute project. Right. Um, you know, probably on and on the list goes. I'm just somewhat ignorant of all the different projects. Yeah. But, um, there certainly are, are a number that are carrying on. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. What is, did I answer the question? About the secret society that is not a secret society? Um, I, I think that you did. Um, I, I would just say one last thing, and this is just a, another testimonial, is that you, you, will, you will be challenged through this. And, and things that you may have believed and, and have been passed down as tradition in the Baptist church through the years, uh, you'll be challenged to really look at those through a biblical lens, and some mm-hmm. of them may not hold up. Mm-hmm. Um, that was hard. Yeah. Um, cause it's like, wow, that's, that's 40 years of upbringing that you just yeah. suddenly confronted with the truth <laughs> of scripture is like, well, I can hold on to tradition or I can follow what the Bible says. So be, be ready to be challenged, but, uh, it definitely is, uh, yeah. worthwhile. And, and I do give more of my personal convictions and beliefs in the class than I'm, than I do in sermons or just teaching classes here or there. True. Some that are common, mm-hmm. some that may not be from that Baptist tradition aspect of things. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, ask the pastor. We, we had uh, several good questions come in. We just narrowed it down because we knew we only had so much time. And Franklin, thank you for being here and kind of journeying us through the questions and conversation. Oh, it was a joy. This was a lot of fun. We'll, uh, we, we, we may need to do this again some other time and talk maybe more specifics of worship ministry. Oh, all right. So, so let, me, let me encourage everyone, when you see Franklin around the church, um, just give him all kinds of thoughts. <laughs> Franklin, we, we want to hear about this, and we want to hear about that, and hmm. then we can do an episode on it. That would be great. That would be great. Sounds good. All right. Well, to all our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Until next time, and I would give you info of what's coming up next, but it's to be determined as I've got about three or four guests lined up to be with us soon. So whoever can get in here first, that's the episode we're doing. Until next time, Raleigh Road Baptist Church, love you, appreciate you. See you at services soon.